0: Welcome to The Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, The Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
1: Welcome to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She is an author, she's a stock picker, and she's an expert on everything in the investment and financial world. Welcome to The Money Answer Show, Natalie.
2: Thank you, Jordan. I'm glad to be here.
1: For people who haven't heard about you before, just give a brief introduction of uh, your background and how you got to where you are today.
2: Yeah, so, you know, I've been doing this for about 20 years. Uh, my first book was enthusiastically recommended by Nobel Prize winning economist Gary Becker, as you know, one of the most esteemed economists of all time. Um, but I really got into this, and back in the dot-com recession, I almost tripled my money. Uh, most people, especially in their dot-com stocks, lost. A, you know, they took a real bath. And so, a lot of my girlfriends said, "Please teach us what you know." And that's how I got in the business. And then, I, I, after I really got into it and developed it into systems, I became ranked the number one stock picker. And now I have four books out. The most recent one is. Um, the power of 8 billion, it's up to us. And it it talks about how we can, um, you know, reduce our own personal carbon CO2 footprint. However, it also talks about how that's a quadruple win. So, not only can we help the environment, but it can save us thousands of dollars annually. Um, You know, that can make us a lot happier. It might make us healthier. Uh, You know, money can be stressful too. So I do encourage people, even though they're listening to you mostly about the money, not maybe as much uh, about the sustainability angle, to know that there's a lot of money in going green.
1: Yeah, let's go a little bit more into that. The book is called The Power of 8 Billion. It's up to us. You've got to picture of a zebra on the cover which is kind of a pretty picture um, yes. so what are some things that people could do in their practical everyday lives uh, to conserve energy
2: well i mean the low hanging fruit here obviously gas prices are super high right and i think a lot of people feel like oh well, we don't have any control over this but gas prices tank they actually went negative in the pandemic when we stopped driving so there's a lot more power with the consumer than people realize. Now, you might say, oh, well, I have to do this or I have to do that. But the truth is a lot more of us have flex work, work from home. Uh, you could start to uh, ride a bike and walk, at least for local errands. So now is a good time to break habits because, you know, gas prices are super high. And if you want to uh, make that, you know, make your budget better. You know, you can do go a long way with that. In fact, most people are spending over $8,000 a year on their transportation, on their car, that includes insurance, gas, maintenance, and all that sort of, the car payment itself. So the more that you can think about rethinking your transportation, but that's not the only low-hanging fruit. Like for a lot of people, if you live in a sunny state, there's still a 26% tax credit, credit not, you know, anything else. I mean, it comes right off your tax bill for solar panels. Now there are a few tricks there, but um, you look, the people I know that have solar panels, they pay a $35 electric bill. So if you're paying over 100 150, that's something that worth looking into. So, there's lots of uh, little tips in there on that kind of thing that can actually save on your budget. Now, on the investing side, it also talks about how you can put your money where your heart is and profit as well. And, you know, when you lean into the future, it can be really profitable. I mean, look, um, there's a clean energy ETF that more than doubled, you know, over the last two years, and it's pulled back now to, um, you know, what might be closer to buying range again.
1: So uh, solar stocks, for example, have not done all that well because the Chinese have kind of dominated that area. Is that an area you think we should be investing in?
2: Well, you can, but, you know, like like as an example, well, the clean energy, the global clean energy ETF that it's offered by iShares, and that symbol is ICLN. You know, it's trading at about 23 right now, but you know, it went all the way up to 33. And when we had listed it, you know, in our retreats, it was at 14. So you know, you can really again rebalancing is the trick. You might say, oh well, I don't want to have to take on an extra job everybody that has investments should be rebalancing it once a year at minimum. I would say three times a year. And I do have specific dates if you want me to share them with your listeners. Okay. So I think, look, rebalancing is key. It's so critical to your performance of your portfolio that Schwab's uh, chief investment strategist has been really touting it for years now too. So I would say at the end of the Santa rally, if we have one, which we may not have one this year, we can talk about that in a minute. So at the end of December, you want to make sure you're rebalancing to capture any gains you might have and make sure that you're redistributing, make sure that you have enough safe and that you're properly diversified. You should do it again at the end of uh, April because if there's a spring rally, you want to, again, you want to be capturing any gains that you might have. And then at the end of um September. September is typically a down month. We've seen a little bit of a recovery over the past week, but typically September is a pretty bad month. So at the end of September, you can look and see if there's any back-to-school stock sales that you might pick up before the Santa Rally, assuming there is one, which I don't think that we're guaranteed a Santa Rally this year.
1: So by rebalancing, you mean selling some of your winners and buying some of the things that have lagged. Is that the idea?
2: that's the idea and we actually do it with a pie chart system so that it takes the emotions out of it and it prompts you to do the right thing a lot of people are working off their brokerage statements and it actually is jacking your emotions in the wrong direction because you know when you got gains it's a green light it's saying go 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 when you got losses it's a red light is saying oh my you're in trouble and on the pie chart system if you have gains it the slice is too big and it's saying sell high if you have you know, uh, maybe bought it at a price and the price goes lower, it's saying buy at a lower price. Um, So it really prompts you to do the right thing. So what we encourage people to do when they're rebalancing is to mock up the pie chart of what you do have, mock up one of what you should have, and then that tells you exactly what you need to be doing.
1: You actually have a seminar coming up. Tell people about it if they want to find out more in detail with you in person.
2: Yeah. And it's online, so you can attend from anywhere. It's going to be October 8th through the 10th. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's incredible. It's like a complete money makeover. Uh, Nest egg strategies, what's hot, what's safe, and of course, how to avoid some of the worst areas.
1: And you can just register for that at uh, nataliepace.com. Is that right?
2: Yeah, or email us at info at nataliepace.com and we'll get you registered. its uh, I have to tell you, the online retreats, we save money. And so two people can come for the price that we used to have to charge for our in-person retreats.
1: Very good. So normally you're in California, but now you're in London. So tell <laughs> us uh, the state of uh, inflation and energy. And I mean, you're right on the ground there. So what Yeah, we'll see a lot of fear and Everybody's going to freeze to death this winter. Kind of give us an on-the-ground report of what you're seeing in London.
2: Well, I must say, England's in much better shape than, say, places like Italy or Germany. Like, I have a girlfriend that has a flat in Italy, and they're really concerned because they get all, you know, all their natural gas comes from... Uh, Russia, right? In the UK, they actually have a lot of anaerobic digestion. So they are not as reliant upon Russian um, gas as some of the other European countries are. But um, yeah, so people are concerned about it, obviously. But even more than that, they're concerned about the prices of everything as as are people in the US. But I have to tell you, when I talk to people in Italy, they're really, really worried about it.
1: So we just have a new uh, prime minister that just came in in last week or yeah. so. What do you think she's going to be doing because obviously this is the top priority to to try yeah. to bring inflation down which is i guess over 10% there now.
2: Yeah, yeah. So she's saying that she's going to, you know, give out money and cap the energy prices, but the price they capped it at according to a lot of the, you know, main uh, main street folks here is higher than the average bills would be, so it didn't seem like that was good. It's a very conservative government. They they're saying she's Margaret Margaret Thatcher part two. Look, I am not uh, you know into British politics, so I don't know anything. But I do know that you know their agenda seems to be very 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 conservative. They think they can frack more, and you know anyway.
1: But but I mean economically, and not only Europe. I mean not only Britain, but Europe is, could go through a pretty rough time here, and that could drag down the United States economically. Is that correct?
2: Well, actually it's making our dollar very strong. That's why I'm I mean, look right now I haven't I think the exchange rate on the pound was a dollar 10. I haven't seen that in my lifetime. I mean, I saw a dollar 20 back in the great recession. So again, it's more happening to Europe because of the reliance on Russian oil. And I do think that that should be look, America's pretty energy independent. We you know, make enough oil, uh, or we, you know, we produce enough oil for our oil needs, we produce enough natural gas for our natural gas needs. And um, the only question is, how expensive is it? Because it is a global market. And obviously, uh, you know, American suppliers are going to charge a higher price, even if we are independent. So, you know, I think that's part of the reason why everybody needs to be a little bit more energy smart, because, These resources are finite. They, um, you know, they come like the the biggest uh, deposits are in some of the most unfriendly and hostile nations in the world, and that will jack rates, and that will absolutely hurt, um, you know, everybody's budget. And by the way, that hurts the stock market too, right? Because when people get into trouble with their finances, and by the way, the savings, personal savings account, I mean, I know we may have to take a break, but personal savings account is gone. You know, it was way high when they printed up money and gave it out to everybody in the pandemic, that's gone. So as we see people having to dip into their savings, they sometimes have to sell stocks that's negative for the stock market. So it is something we need to talk about, you know?
1: Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. Uh, She's written four books. Her most recent book is called The Power of 8 Billion. It's up to us. Uh, She has a seminar, an online seminar coming up October 8th to 12th. uh, And you can find out more about that at her website, Nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this.
0: Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big, they call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life.
1: Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She's the author of several books. She's an investment expert. uh, And welcome back to the show, Natalie.
2: Thanks so much. Nice to be here.
1: So let's take a look at the broad situation. We've got oil prices have gone up a lot. Uh, Inflation is up. Uh, Central banks around the world are raising interest rates. Uh, It just happened last week. The European Central Bank, the Canadian Bank, uh, the Federal Reserve has been raising rates. How high is it going to go? I mean, are we going to keep raising rates for quite a while and keep them high? And is is that going to uh, battle down inflation is what they're trying to do?
2: Yeah. um, You know, they really are committed to this. You've been hearing nothing nothing else, right? Every time they talk, it's inflation, inflation, inflation. In fact, we're expecting a 75 uh, points again. Uh, at the meeting next week. So that's, you know, this is very aggressive. Only Volcker was more aggressive. So um, how high will it go? You know, I think they're saying above 3% this year. That's pretty, pretty fast because it started at zero. Um, Next year is supposed to go up slightly less. And then uh, the following year, um, that one could go down again. Uh, Of course, if we hit a recession, I mean, it's going to be a um, kind of a tug of war a bit, right? Because usually they want to cut rates in a recession, but right now they really need to raise rates. And yeah, so it's expected to go as high as 3.4% this year, 3.8% next year, and then back down. Will
1: it bring down inflation in a significant way?
2: Um, It certainly is slowing the economy, Um, but part of the problem is the asset pricing, right? Like, that's been a huge thing. So we had housing prices um, to purchase a house went crazy, and the only way you could do it was with super low interest rates, so the housing market is being killed, but that's also affecting rents, which are going crazy high, right? Right. So um, I think that's part of the problem is that we have not only high prices about things that people are purchasing, you know, everything from, you know, their energy prices to um, housing, obviously the big ticket items in their budget, but also we have very, very high prices on investments. And that's something that a lot of people are not talking about as much is the valuation of housing and the valuation of uh, stocks. So that's another problem that doesn't really make the headlines as much. And um, you know, it may be something that they kind of want to see a little bit of the heat taken out of.
1: So you're saying they want us the Federal Reserve wants to slow the housing market. That's been working. They've clearly slowed that down a lot. But you're saying they want to slow the stock market a, as well, because they think it's overvalued and, and too risky. There's too much speculation. Is is that what you're saying?
2: Well well, they would have said that a year ago. Now they're not saying as much, but If you look at the data, the speculation is super high. Like, as an example, if you look at the Buffett indicator, so it's Warren Buffett's favorite economic indicator, it's off the charts. And what it is, basically, it's the uh, market cap of all the Wilshire 5000 compared to GDP. And the only time that it's come close to being as crazy high as it is right now is the dot-com era. And everybody knows that that was famously a dot-com bubble, right? And... By the way, the NASDAQ dropped 78% from the top to the bottom, and so it I'll took 15 a months now. to recover.
1: Are we in a similar bubble now, do you think, in the stock market?
2: Well, let, have you looked at Tesla's price-earnings ratio recently? It's up there. 93 I mean I've never seen these kind and that and by the way yeah it the Tesla's a growth company but that's only 40%. So here you've got a company that's worth almost a trillion dollars that had about 5 billion dollars in income last year.
1: No. Yeah.
2: So valuations are really really high even with the pullback the small pullback that we've seen. Do the feds absolutely want valuations on all the stocks to go down? probably not but that's part of the issue that we're facing right now is that everything is too expensive including even things that you might want to buy for investment purposes and a lot of people are feeling rich if they have if they're on the right side of that equation but if the you know if the market's do start to go down and that typically does happen look the um the statistics on the rapidity of these interest rate hikes that we've seen the faster you hike, the more likely you are to hit a recession. And almost every, I would say, you know, look, the the conference board said we're going to hit a recession this year. Every economist, you know, two months ago was saying we might hit one. I'm seeing it. everybody roll over and say we're going to hit it this year.
1: So, OK, so assuming we're going to hit a recession, maybe not a major one, but a, uh, at least a mild one, how does that affect your investment portfolio? What does well and what does badly in a recession?
2: well i would say one of the first things you want to do is you want to think about overweighting safe because one of the best things that you can do is not lose money right so that's one of the just fyi our pie chart strategy earned gains in the dot-com and earned gains in the great recession how they did that is that we overweighted safe so that you had less in equities now in both of those two recessions. We had a great bond market, and so you made up that small amount of losses that you saw in the uh, equity side in your bonds. This time around, bonds aren't safe. They're losing money. They're illiquid. They're negative yielding. So you have to be as concerned about your at-risk side as you are your safe side. So I'd say that's number one is that overweight safe, but then you have to know what is safe as well. Other recession strategies would be, maybe you think about like an our pie chart on the at-risk side, the equity side, we say, okay, after you've overweighted safe, divide up what you've got left into 10 funds so that, you know, that obviously reduces your risk by having funds. And we allow for four hots in there. So the hots could be countries. They could be industries. So if you think that we're headed into a recession, maybe utilities are going to be a good bet because they usually stay a little more buoyant or consumer staples. Um, you might think about something that could go up. initially. Look, almost everything gets drugged down, even – gold, silver get struck down in the early days uh, or or the early stage of the recession. But they usually don't go down as far and they can have a robust rebound. So you might think about doing a gold or a silver. I would probably err on silver rather than gold um, or even crypto, uh, less so this time around because sadly, I think Gen Z and millennials are really getting hit hard in this uh, inflation environment, especially because they can't afford the housing and they're getting killed in rent.
1: Well, so, um, get the safe side a little bit, Natalie. So we talk about the safes. Yeah. So you've got money market funds which are pretty much still earning zero. Where else can you put your money that's in what we would call the safes where you at least earn something on it?
2: Yeah, so there's some good ideas here because honestly, money market funds, are actually more vulnerable than people realize. They can lose money. I just looked at a capital preservation fund that somebody had in their 401K. It was losing in tandem with the S&P 500. So um, look, you can't just assume that you've got that capital preservation fund or the money market fund. Also, money market funds can have redemption gates and liquidity fees. So they're a little more vulnerable than people realize. Right now, the two-year T-bill is paying 3.5%. So if you can get access to your money, And I am going to be posting a blog, by the way, so you people can go to NataliePace.com and look for my blogs as well. I'm going to be posting a blog within the next two days about IRA rollovers. There are some tricks that you can get access to your money because sometimes in your IRA, or I mean, sorry, in your 401k, you know, you have all these choices and maybe even on the safe side, if it's that capital preservation fund is the safest one and it's losing money, Maybe what you need to do is try to do a rollover into an IRA where at least you can get FDIC-insured cash. So that's what I would say is that you might want to think about getting greater freedom. Think about two-year T-bills. By the way, you probably already know about this. There's a 9.62% yielding.
1: Savings bonds, bonds. yeah.
2: Yeah, that Series I savings bond, yeah. But, I mean, it's limited. You can only put in 10K. But a lot of people are putting in 10,000 for every person in the family.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So, so savings bonds, the, the i bond is uh, indexed to the CPI, and that's why it's up to over nine percent. Correct? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that and by the way, that that holds for at least six months. It's going to reset again in November, but you know, inflation's still pretty high.
1: Yeah. Okay. So those are some. How about in the real estate market, like real estate investment trusts or uh, rental real estate uh, kind of companies? Uh, is that considered safe?
2: You know, I think they're a lot more vulnerable than people realize right now because of the amount of leverage. So a lot of people look at, you know, the yield or they're looking at the growth or things like this, and they're not looking at the debt or the leverage or the debt equity ratio. So as depending on the sector, like a commercial real estate, you know how many there, I mean, you're in New York, I think it's still 50% occupancy in CRE. In, well, um, in
1: the office spot, but, but the rental yeah. side is much stronger because as you said, people can't buy these days, so they have to rent their apartments. Okay. So in general, apartment rentals are doing well.
2: Yeah, but it again, you're gonna have to be just very selective about your REIT. And and anything that's not uh that's pr- already projected to do well is probably gonna have that valuation concern. So yeah. you have to know make sure that you know about the price earnings ratio. The things that are not doing well, like the current the CRE, um, business and malls and other things of that nature, but builders, home builders, um, you know, they're not doing that well right now either. And they have this leverage situation. Yeah. So, um, I would say be careful. And also, you know, by the way, a lot of people do private placement reads and they, they get, uh, you know, sold into them because they get and say, Oh, you're going to get this income. It's going to be 8%. I think that there's one mantra that everybody listening to the show should have. The higher the dividend, the higher the risk. So, if anybody comes at you with anything over that three point five percent two-year T bill, you really need to know how much leverage, how much debt, are they losing money, all of that sort of thing. If you aren't willing to do your due diligence, you probably should say no.
1: Yeah, let's just briefly go to cryptocurrency. So, you said a lot of people have lost money. I mean, it had gotten as high as like sixty-five thousand on Bitcoin. Now it's about yep. 20, 25,000. In general, is, is the long term trend up or down from where we are today in Bitcoin?
2: Well, I would say on Bitcoin that it's uh, the millennials' gold, right? It's what they prefer when they start losing faith. And people haven't really lost faith in the dollar right now because the dollar is very strong. So that's why you've seen, you know, not much movement in gold. That's why you're seeing the weakness in crypto. Um, So I would just say, yeah. And by the way, crypto is still speculative. Like a lot of people say, oh, it's going to be the only currency of the future. And there are all these YouTube videos about that. The truth is in today's world, it's not used as currency. It is totally Vegas. It's just a casino. So you have to go in there again, the hot the hot slices will help you a lot. If you start learning our pie chart system and just doing the hot slice, then when Bitcoin goes up to 69,000 and your one slice has become five slices, sell four of them and go back to one. And then when it goes back down to 19,000 in the range it's in right now, that's you can buy more low if you so desire. Or if you think it's going to go lower, just hang on and wait until then.
1: So in general, you think it's not going to go that much lower, and there's more upside than there is downside from where we are today. Is that correct?
2: Uh, No, I think things could go down, because I think that given the weakness that we're going to see this uh, winter in Europe and in um, the UK, the dollar could remain very strong. And the dollar strong paying the kind of yield that it's paying, people are going to want the safety for the yield rather than the speculation and the loss.
1: So the strong dollar is not good for gold and crypto and silver and things like that. Is that right?
2: Exactly, exactly. When people think that, you know, everything's going to hell in a handbasket, that's the time when they start getting interested in these other, you know, uh, safe havens.
1: Although the dollar has been the safe haven these days.
2: Exactly. That's what's happening, is that people consider the dollar to be the safe haven. But, if the market start stock market starts to go down, and if, other currencies rally against um, the dollar, then you'll start seeing people get more interested again.
1: Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answers Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She's an author of a new book called The Power of 8 Billion. It's up to us. She's also got an online retreat happening October 8th to 10th. Uh, you can find out more about her book and her other materials and her uh, website at her website, Nataliepace.com.
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She is the author of several books. Uh, Her latest one is called The Power of 8 Billion. It's Up to Us. Uh, she's also got a seminar, an online seminar coming up on October 8th. You can find out more at her website, nataliepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you. So we've been talking about the safes. So let's go to the other side of the ledger here is what you call the hots. Uh, what are you, and you typically say there are four hots. These are kind of more speculative, big growth investments. What What are some of the things you think are hot these days?
2: Okay, so I'm going to give you the one that I think is hot, and I'm going to just give you the disclaimer on it because – it's actually re- like, let me give you the year over year sales growth. The most recent one was like 188%, the most recent quarter. The quarter before that was 388%. So, DACWO, New Energy Corporation, the symbol is DQ, is based out of China. And the reason that the, uh, all Chinese stocks have gotten destroyed is because um, the SEC wants auditors to be able to go over there and look at their books, right? And they're saying, "Look, we're gonna um, we're gonna delist you if you don't allow us this audit." So they did. There has been progress made on you know the rules and how many anyway. So they're starting the audits now, and that's been the problem: is that even great companies like DQ are getting drugged down because of This problem with the audits. Um, The price earnings ratio, you know, we talked about uh, Tesla's price earnings ratio being like 93. DACWO's is three with 188% year over year sales growth. Now, what do they do? Well, DACWO is um polysilicon provider and solar is absolutely increasing like all of these european countries that are having troubles because they were reliant upon um you know natural gas from russia are racing as hard and as fast as they can towards wind and solar so almost every major country in the world has major commitments to solar this year and the biggest beneficiary is not necessarily the solar providers, but it probably could be um, DACWO. Now, in that same realm, I also like this company called Rena Solar. And this one has been absolutely destroyed because it had bad earnings reports previously, but it's supposed to have some good, two good earnings reports coming up. And they do kind of mid-scale solar projects. So, um, oh, is, oh, rena- Yeah.
1: The symbol on Reno Solar.
2: It's SOL. Okay. Yeah. So those are two that I think could be interesting in terms of individual stocks and, um, you know, full disclosure, I own them. Um, Also, I think that what you could be thinking about, you know, we did talk about utilities, right? And there's one kind of clean energy utility i like it's based out of the uk it's called national grid and it has a really decent um you know yield on it it's over five percent so that's one that i'm interested in the symbol is ngg and of course you could uh, yeah
1: yeah and okay and maybe you have one more for the you said
2: yeah, so I think you should also think about just countries, right? So Indonesia is one country. It's the top producer of nickel. As we expand in electric vehicles, nickel becomes very key in that. Um, they also have some fossil fuels, and obviously fossil fuels are very high priced. So Indonesia's uh, GDP is expected to be some of the highest in the world at about 6%. Colombia is supposed to be almost 6% as well. So you could think about some of these other countries as a hot slice too.
1: Do you have other specific ETFs for Indonesia and Colombia?
2: Yeah, in Indonesia, the iShares symbol is E-I-D-O, and for Colombia, it's um, I-C-O-L.
1: Okay. Yeah. You you always pick one hot stock. For the year, you've had a very,
2: very – tell us a little bit about your track record on your, your hot stock picks for the year. Oh, my. You know, I mean, I, I rely upon other people to track it for me, but, you know, you I, know was I was some... the number yeah. one stock picker by uh, Tips trader. So, yeah, the track record has been pretty good. And, by the way, this, the hot, the the companies of the year can do really, really, really well. Um, obviously I will give one disclaimer. Look, if the stock market starts to go down, you know, it can drag down even good stuff. Um, so just be aware of that, you know, like, but you know, when you've got a price earnings ratio of three and a growth rate of 180%, that could be pretty good. So I still I would still say DACO is worth. I wouldn't bet the farm on anything right now because of the recession and also because of the problems we've been having with China. But um Yeah, it's a good company.
1: You don't stick with your hot stocks forever. I remember in the past, for example, you had uh, Taser. I think it's changed its name, but Taser was one of your hot stocks. And then you do these things eventually. Is that right?
2: Well, no. I mean, there is no buy and hold these days, right? Like, there's just not. A lot of that has to do with the recession problems. The other thing has to do with uh, meme stocks and valuation issues. So, look, there's a lot of times these things will shoot the moon. Are you know, the uh, Taser, when I first named that, that was back in 2003, it went up 11 times, 11 fold. So, yeah, you take your profits. You don't just ride the roller coaster on that because it. what happens is that these good companies become, um, you know, overvalued, basically. And And by the way, that was before the meme stock phenomenon when people were just learning it off of Reddit and the bulletin boards. So, um, you know, in today's world, it can go even crazier. I mean, we've seen, you know, Tilray, which is under like $3 right now, was at 67 earlier this year. So again, it's not that the companies are bad. It's that the, you know, we've got meme stock phenomenon. We've got, you know, potential recession on the horizon. We've got overvaluation in most stocks, undervaluation in some stocks, especially cannabis right now, very undervalued. So, um, you know, because they go out of favor and then people just, you know, let them go all really, really, really far down. Yeah.
1: Um, Let's talk about meme stocks for a minute. So is that a dangerous game to play to be buying GameStop and AMC and Bed Bath when these things are soaring and trying to beat the the shorts? What is your view of the whole meme stock phenomenon?
2: Well, I mean, I think that, you know, the meme stock phenomenon is something that's built on people that are very good at social media. Right. So, and by the way, they could be marketers. So I would say for the average person, by the time you hear about it, it's likely to be that you're on the wrong side of the trade. You know, you could be on the wrong side. They're pump and dump, honestly. And it's just that they haven't been called out that, but they could get into trouble. You get into less trouble, on a uh, Reddit than you would if you were running a hedge fund, but you could still get into trouble about it. So I would just say for most people, it's gonna be something that you have to be a little uh, worried about, you know, like on the other hand, if you pick something and it happens to become a mean stop, that's when you wanna have a, a, a stock app on your phone because you can see something go up by tenfold and in less than 24 hours and then retreat back Um, you know, to almost where it was within, you know, a few hours. So it can be really helpful. But I honestly, sadly, that was so 2021. And that had to do with STEMI checks, right? So a lot of Gen Z and millennials had extra money, and they didn't have to pay their student loans. And so they started trying to bet on Wall Street.
1: Yeah, indeed. you talked about uh, cannabis stocks being undervalued. Is that something you, you, you find interesting at current depressed levels?
2: Well, I just looked at it, and I really like this company, Chilray, because the CEO is the former CEO and founder of Haynes Celestial, and the former CEO of Whole Foods is on the board. Now, I really like this company. I think it's a good value. The problem has been, I guess it's got to do with inflation and the recession, is that the illicit market is really killing it. So these companies that were having, you know, 200, 300% sales growth last year are, you know, actually getting destroyed. And it's not by the competition, it's by the illicit market. Now, Tilray has bought a craft beer company and their main product is 420 Brewing, even though it's not a cannabis um, or a CBD beverage. Um, And they actually can sell it, you know, at places like 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 Whole Foods Foods and and stuff. So um, I think it's very interesting. I like I like the company and um, I like the products and I like where they're headed. And I think the valuation is good. But again, it it, it will definitely Tilray is a meme stock. So this is one that you know if it all of a sudden gets into favor, it could shoot the moon, go up by a fold of ten in less than twenty four hours. So you're really going to have to have a stock up on your phone.
1: You've also liked gold stocks in the past. Do you still like? I mean, gold hasn't done too much lately, but. Uh, The gold miners can go up faster than gold itself. Are there some gold mining stocks that you like?
2: You know, again, I think the problem right now with gold, as we talked about over the break, is that the last 10 years, gold has been the real laggard, right? It's only 1.5% gains. I think if you want to play that and you want a hot slice or a hedge, I actually like silver. So I would do ISLV, which is the silver trust, the iShares silver trust. Um, You know, gold is trading very close to its all-time high. Silver is still at, you know, 50% down from its all-time high. So I just think that, and usually those two run in tandem. So I do think that if we start seeing people get interested in gold, that silver might be the preferred choice. Do I think it's going to happen soon? No. We've seen a lot of price fixing going on with the banks. They've all been fined and they keep doing it. So that's been one problem. The strong dollar has been another problem. And strong stock market has been yet another problem. So until we start seeing stocks go down and the dollar weaken and people really hurting, which, you know, of course, the feds are warning us that people are going to hurt, that's at the point when people start getting more interested in gold and silver.
1: Yeah. You also talk a lot about other personal finance issues. I'm uh, interested in your opinion of uh, President Biden. For giving the three hundred billion dollars in student loans, do you think that was a good idea?
2: Oh boy, that's uh, that's such a loaded subject. I have to go another way with it. I think I have actually have a book out called um, "The ABCs of Money for College," and what I think is that every parent, when their child is born, needs to read that book because I think the bigger issue is. That people should be looking into ways that they can get a better degree for half the cost. The big issue is that the price of um, you know education in the United States has gone absolutely bonkers, and um, you know there are solutions for that. Uh, both m- my son and I, we went through the junior college route. I graduated summa cum laude from USC. Nobody asks you, you know, did you do all four years at USC, right? So I'm just saying is that these kids are, you know, getting folded into this system without ever realizing it. Um, they get a credit card right when they hit the campus. So I think that financial literacy, reading the ABCs of money, reading the ABCs of money for college is essential so that you don't get stuck into that grind. And um, do I think that he should have done it? I think, honestly, that we have to start taking more responsibility. We have to be more financially literate. We can't just be, you know, ride a Wall Street roller coaster or listen to our counselor and just go to, you know, our fifth pick of university Um, You know, you just have to start thinking more strategically about everything. We can't give half of our income to the landlord. I know it seems like those are the only options possible. They aren't. You've got to start thinking outside the box. Otherwise, you're going to get destroyed, which is what's happening.
1: Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace, author of a new book called The Power of 8 Billion. It's up to us. Uh, She's also got a seminar, an online seminar, coming up on October 8th. You can find out more about her, her books, and her upcoming seminar at her website, nataliepace.com. We'll be back after this.
3: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
4: Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24 7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score, and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself. To learn more about Truth and Equities program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth in Equity eight 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 two six two five five four zero 262 5540 or visit truthineequity.com. 888 262 5540 Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've
0: been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace. She's an author, uh, investment expert. She has a seminar coming up on October 8th, an online seminar. You can find out more about her at her website, nataliepace.com welcome back to the show natalie
2: thank you jordan
1: one of the big areas you're involved in is environmental uh and uh energy saving and you have what you call the earth gratitude project um you've been there in britain where it's been very very hot this summer in europe what what is your view of global warming and are we doing enough uh, to stop it
2: Yeah, we're definitely not doing enough to stop it. So the power of 8 billion, it's up to us. Ask each of us to reduce our carbon footprint by 30% this year. It's the only way this happens is if we do it. Now, a lot of you might say, I can't possibly do that, blah, blah, blah. But again, if you think about that you could save thousands of dollars annually in your budget it becomes a little more enticing and that is the truth so i do encourage people to look at that but i want to spin it another way too because i think there's another thing is that people that are environmentally conscious they're getting sold into this esg funds right which are all the rage like oh esg funds right and these funds are missing the E. So I went through the entire index of the S and P five hundred or the S and P uh, ESG index. Right, it's about oh, a little over three hundred companies. Not one environmental company in there. About twenty percent of the index is made up of chemical, um, oil and gas, and plastic companies. So this is really false advertising, and um, you know I think that people sadly. You know, you think you're doing the right thing and yet you're not right. So I, there's a lot of ways that the average person could reduce their personal CO2 footprint by just getting smarter. And I mean, a lot of these things are just things where you're being like, oh, I should have thought of that. Like there's just a million things that we do by rote because it's easy or because it's free drink and toss, you know, your coffee, drink and toss your coffee. And, you know, we're worried about uh, rainforests and we don't ever make a connection that we just maybe drank a tree from Brazil. Or as another example, you know, Brazilian rainforests are really under attack. Brazil's a top beef producer. Guess who's one of the top consumers of Brazilian beef? You know, the United States. So does your local grocery store sell you uh, rainforest beef? Are you eating rainforest beef at McDonald's? So these are things that we want to do. So even eating local and organic could be helpful. And by the way, there's a big movement. Do you remember you probably remember this term, Victory Gardens? Have you ever heard of that one too?
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So we're now calling them Earth Gratitude Gardens. So you know places like Compton, California, which is a food desert, or Ron Finley in South uh, Central LA, another food desert they are coming together and growing their own food and it's all organic. And, you know, I think that they charge, like Compton, they charge uh, $50 for a plot. uh, Maybe it's 40 by 40 enough to feed a family of four for six months, $50. And they even teach you how to garden. So I would just say, look, if you have a garden and you've got a lot of grass, you're spending an arm and a leg on water. And by the way, water is a finite resource too. There's a lot of people are watering watering their lawns in desert areas or, you know, places that are really suffering from drought. You know, you could think about planting a garden. And if you do it properly, you have to water it once a week and it could be giving you some fresh organic produce too.
1: Yeah. You also have a put out a book called Put Your Money Where Your Heart Is. Just talk yeah. a little bit about investing in your beliefs and how that can work both make you feel better, but also be profitable.
2: Yeah. And again, a lot of people have said, uh, you know, a lot of my investment banker friends are like, look, it was the original ESG book. Now, again, ESG is missing the E. It's false advertising. So if you're getting sold into ESG funds, please attend, especially if you care about the environment. Please attend my workshop October 8th so that you can learn the real deal. Again, a lot of people get daunted by this because they say, oh, it's too much to learn. But it really is the ABCs of money that we all should have received in high school and it's kind of like buying a house. You have to decide exactly what it is you're going to get and then once you move into your new money house and you know what you're invested in and how to rebalance it once, twice or three times a year and what's, you know, what's safe in a recession and all of this. It just becomes the way life is. So yes, you do need to learn, but the alternative is if you don't And you kind of get ground out by the system because we have seen that happening, right?
1: Let's talk about people's 401ks a little bit. People have a lot of their money in their 401k. What kind of decisions should they be making in allocating amongst their 401k options?
2: Well, I, oh, I love this question, Jordan. Thank you. So first off, I would say, go in up to the match. So if your employer matches 3%, go start at 3%. Now, I, I believe you should be taking 10% of your income into tax-protected retirement accounts. But a lot of the low-hanging fruit that people aren't even thinking about is the health savings account with a high deductible. So if you are healthy and you're spending an arm and a leg on health insurance, you definitely should be thinking about one of your, you know, part of that ten percent going into a health savings account for your family. You get a tax credit. It becomes the best long-term healthcare plan. You should start when you're young, um, and then also you want to open up your own IRA because you can't get these hots that we talked about. You can't invest in those in your four hundred one k. The only shot you've got is to set up your own IRA to do that. So. For most people, they're sticking all their money in the 401k. They have very limited freedom of choice. Their safe side could even be losing money. They don't have access to their funds. And then they're paying an arm and a leg on health insurance. They might not even realize it because they don't look at the line items on their W-2. So again, you fix all this and it becomes the way life is. So that's another thing we teach at the retreat. It's obviously outlined in all my books as well. So first thing is match the 401k up to the match. Then think about a health savings account, if that's right for you and your family. If you're healthy, it probably is. If you're not healthy, it might not be. And then also the IRA, your own personal IRA, in addition to the 401k and HSA, because that's where you're going to be able to get your hots in there.
1: And you would say a Roth IRA over a traditional IRA first?
2: If you can, yeah, absolutely. Because the Roth, look, you probably already know this too, ProPublica. Uh, outed that Peter Thiel has $5 billion in his Roth IRA, right. 5 billion. Right. So you not only benefit from no capital gains. So, you know, he's, that's why he's got 5 billion. He started out with 20,000, you know, um, you know, 20 years ago. So he is absolutely rebalancing. He is absolutely selling high and buying low in there. So again, that's where you can do this. And then once you take it out, unless the laws change, which they might, if you become a billionaire, you might have be subject to different rules, but it's not going to be subject to you until you become a multimillionaire. I've looked at the legislation, but anyway, the Roth IRA is supposedly that when you take your distributions, there's no income tax on it. So that's where you really want to get your hottest stuff is in your Roth IRA.
1: The uh, new Inflation Reduction Act has some tax increases in there for higher-income people and companies. Is that going to affect the economy in a negative way?
2: Um, well, they're hoping it will affect it in a positive way, right? They wanted to pay for some of the things that were, like, help us pay down some of our debt. Um, does it, you know... Taxing billionaires, theoretically, should not hurt the um, economy, although I can hear Gary Becker rolling over in his grave because he always said that lower taxes are always better. But the truth is, uh, we just had a horrific pandemic. Our debt levels are astronomically high in almost every sector that you might look at, whether it's public debt or corporate debt or you know, personal debt or consumer debt, it's just massively high and too much leverage. So, um, you know, everybody has to pay the piper and should billionaires pay more than other people? I think so because they paid less than other people. Yes. I mean, I think an average person should realize that, that, you know, most billionaires are paying a much lower, Percentage than the people that work for them because passive income is taxed at a much lower rate, and as we saw with Peter Thiel's, um, you know, his uh, Roth IRA, not taxed at all.
1: Yes, in the roughly two minutes we have left, just kind of summarize your outlook for the future. You're you're sound relatively optimistic despite all the problems. Is that right?
2: Uh, I think we're headed for a recession. I'm overweighting twenty percent safe in my (laughs) sample pie charts. I think it's a real problem because most people are, don't realize that they're losing money on the, um, on the safe side as well. I think that uh, people that bought uh, real estate within the last year need to rethink that purchase because if housing market prices go down, some of them could be underwater and that could be a problem. So I actually think that we need to be hunkering down the hatches. I think that there are definite economic storms on the horizon. We had um what we had a 9 year bull market and then we had a 12 year bull market i mean we've had a secular bull market essentially i mean that blip for the pandemic was so you know the shortest thing on record So we've basically been in a secular bull market and people have just been gotten used to the idea that everything just goes up and up and up. And the the problem is the valuations are so high that usually we see when we see outsized valuations, when things get too expensive, we see outsized corrections. So I think that, you know, you could afford not to be financially literate over the secular bull market. You can't afford not to know these things now. So I think you're Number one investment right now has to be in either my retreat or the ABCs of Money.
1: Very good. Our guest uh, this hour has been Natalie Pace. You can find out more at her website, nataliepace.com. She's got a seminar, online seminar coming up October 8th, and her new book is called The Power of 8 Billion. It's up to us. Thanks so much for being a great guest on The Money Answer Show, Natalie.
2: Thank you, Jordan. See Thanks
1: you again. soon. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answers Show. Goodbye for now.
0: Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answers Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.